0: Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you want to speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church finally there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of jesus christ so if this service and our other resources bless you would you consider giving back to atmosphere church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate, and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city, and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. In this church this year, we were leading a thriving church community in Las Vegas, Nevada. And so even though we're new to this community, we're not new to tragic events, uh, we we were a part of that community when the events unfolded on October the 1st of last year. And we were there on the front line, so to speak, uh, on several levels, um, walking church members through the, the tragedy of um, their child being one of the victims of the event to many of our people working at the Mandalay Bay that were affected by this, to many people uh, at our campuses in not just Vegas, but uh, also in Bakersfield that were at the concert that night. And our church in Vegas was about a half a mile from the main trauma center in Vegas. And so our church for a few Hours, um, most of the day, rather, was a a refuge uh, for a lot of the people that were visiting Vegas but couldn't get into their hotel room. And so they took refuge at our church. And then we had a prayer vigil uh, the night after on Monday night, on October the 2nd. And we just came together as a church and we just prayed and we just were seeking God in the midst of such darkness, darkness that Not only has our city never experienced before, but our nation really, outside of 9-11, has never really experienced before. And so I don't know how many pastors can say that they've led two churches in cities where this kind of a violent act took place. And so I woke up Thursday morning. I'm a pretty deep sleeper. And my phone had a bunch of text messages, uh, including from Jade here, who lives um, in a neighborhood where he was, uh, woke up at 12.30 at night with the events that happened um, because he heard it. He heard the sirens. And he heard the, uh, the whole commotion. And it was a deja vu moment. It really was. And, and I was just in shock Thinking, am I really living through this again? Am I really going to have to pastor a community again that is going through something that is just unexplainable and dark as dark can get? And then I realized where it took place. And then I realized that it took place literally across the street from this golf course. And some of you, I know you, you, drove in and saw the memorial on the corner, and it's pretty surreal. We're new to Thousand Oaks, but Thousand Oaks was a city everybody told us that lived here was like, oh, this is a great city, and, you know, it's just safe, and everything's great. And, and we came from Las Vegas, where it's a rough city. And it's a city that you just gotta watch yourself wherever you go, no matter where you're at. It's just the nature of the city, but not Thousand Oaks. And so it happening across the street from where we gather is just surreal to me on another level. um, Our church in Vegas was off the strip a little ways. We weren't as close in proximity. But I'm, I'm sitting there thinking and praying Thursday morning going, What is this? So Thursday, some of you joined us and other church leaders and their congregations out at the plaza, and that's when really all hell started breaking loose, if it wasn't already there. And the fires started doing their thing, and um, when we were driving um, through Simi, we could see the what is now known as the Woolsey Fire, but at that time it wasn't even being reported really. It was just the the One Hill Fire by Camarillo. And so we're sitting at the prayer vigil. For those of you that were there, you remember, it's like uh, everyone's phones are going off and sirens are blaring. And I'm like, this is now crazy town. This is like, it's just unbelievable craziness. And so I really just started praying and, and asking the Lord, like, I don't even know, you know, how to respond to this right now other than to pray and seek God. And then I was like, well, you know, what? Sunday's coming because Sunday in Vegas after the event happened was one of the most powerful services I was ever able to lead as a pastor. So I'm like, you know, it's Thursday, but Sunday's coming like this is going to be a time that we get to really stand on the hope of the gospel that even though death comes, there's always a resurrection. And so we, we believe that truth, and we live that truth, and so I couldn't wait for Sunday to come. But then as Sunday is approaching, we find out that even the golf course is under mandatory evacuation, and there's a possibility that we're not even going to have church. And so I began thinking, man, God, we got to have church. We, we've got to meet. And then Saturday, the news came that the golf course was going to be closed, and I was just beside myself. I didn't know what to do, what are we going to do, and praying and thinking. Uh, What we're going to do is, you know what, we'll have church on the internet. (laughs) That's what we'll do. I don't know what else to do. And then having church on the internet, I was trying to make a video for everybody, and it didn't work, and so... That turned into, man, Lord, I don't know what we're going to, I can't get this video. And then Ellen Rivera calls and says, hey, I was just at the memorial, and the Billy Graham chaplains are there, and I was telling them about our church service, but they're saying, hey, we need to come out here. We need to support the people visiting here and pray for people. And that was when the Holy Spirit said, that is your purpose. Some of you don't realize our story, but when Tara and I first felt called to come to Thousand Oaks, we started knocking on doors asking if we can meet in certain places, and we went to three different schools, and we're told no no, three different times, and by the third time somebody tells you no, you kind of start taking it personal. You start going, what is the deal? Like, is it something that, you know, here with us or whatever, and then a, a, a sweet gal that started coming to our life group said, have, have you thought about the Los Robles Greens golf course, and we're like, what is that? We do you know? And so we came over here and was like, this is it. But, uh, you know, we were preparing for the no. And they actually came in here and said, we'd love to have a church. We'd love to have you guys. And so it was just a great fit. But I'm sitting there reflecting on this going, now I know in the providence of God, he put a church here for such a time as this. So the whole week we've been out there ministering to people, being able to tell them we have a church over here. And some of you may be here this morning because you met us out there. And all we could do is be the, the hands of Jesus this week and hug people and pray with people. And we had a prayer circle so large on Sunday that the sheriff officers had to block and cone off the street because our prayer circle went into the street. And uh, it was just a, a, a time of healing and love out there. And and so, you know what? I'm glad we were closed last Sunday because God had other plans for us as a church. He wanted us to take the church outside. And I said, I just told the church, the church is best when it's left the building. So we're living out this word that I gave. I didn't know that the building would have to be closed to force us out there. But nonetheless, we're here. And uh, God wants us to have a healing service today And said, And so we've had... Some time to reflect on it. Some of us were at the memorial for Sergeant Ron Helis on Thursday. There's memorial services throughout the week. Some of us have been um, volunteering to help some of these displaced people from the fires. And, and we just commend everybody for everything that you've done for our community. Because when we come together, we're better and so I really stand on that, and so we're better together even today. So I want to welcome you to Atmosphere Church if you're your first time. You should have received uh, this pretty new uh, packet when you came in, and, and uh, this is just our way of telling you a little bit more about who we are. Our Tara and I's story is a little bit on the back. Um, my wife is, is such a sweetheart, um, I gave her uh, my sickness last week, and so uh, she don't worry if you have kids in there. She's she's better now, but um, but she's been she's had a rough week, um, and, uh, and and so don't blame it on us if your kid is sick on Thanksgiving. It's Pastor Jim's wife. It's Tara. Uh, she's staying away from your babies, but she's feeling better. So she went through her deal. But if you want to say hi to my wife, she's over there uh, and she's uh, helping out. My daughter uh, Mackenzie, she goes by Kenzie. She's going to be out, uh, helping out distribute, uh, some of the, uh, gift cards that we have. But if you look inside of this, you're going to notice we have some goodies. And, and one of the most important things I want to point out to you is this connection card. And, and this is our way of connecting with you. Uh, part of the blessing of a new church community is that we're intimate right now and we get to know each other and we get to, to, you get to see me, and talk to me, and I want to connect with you, and talk to you, and, and uh, you guys get to connect with each other. Uh, this church is so loving. Don't be surprised if somebody invites you to lunch, all right, and just like, just go with it, and uh, there, it'll be a great experience, uh, but fill this out, and at the end of service, we're going to give you an opportunity to turn it in. What is super important is on the back, there's a space for you to fill out a prayer request, and so we want to know if there's anything You want us to partner with you on for prayer and we want to be able to pray with you on that and uh, at the end of the message I'll I'll tell you some more of the next steps on there but but please you know we're we're not asking for a lot of information but uh, we want to give you uh, an opportunity to receive our email which we uh, send every week um, just to let you know all the things that are going on in our church and and also um, your mobile phone number so we could uh, uh, text your phone and, and say hi to you and I realize this for those of you that are not new, uh, I gave you the, the, the Bible reading cards. I have room in the front to you guys, so don't feel embarrassed or bashful to come up here. Um, I do call the front row my splash zone. Because when I get really excited, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. All right. Um, but uh, November and December were left off the back. And so these are in there and we just we love to read the Bible every day. Uh, we believe it is it is God's way of helping us stay connected with him, uh, just to open our Bibles and read. So we like to read together, and I even started a, a new Facebook Live on Thursdays where where I'm doing this online. Uh, if So if you're on Facebook, you can do Bible study with me on Thursdays. I, I think it's cool because Bakersfield to Vegas people uh, get to still join us. And then this is just a, a little thing that you get to take with you for somebody that you may think would... Would really be a great fit uh, for Atmosphere Church to be a part of our community. Just invite them. I invite people all the time, whether I'm at, you know, a coffee place or you know, if I'm shopping at Target or my neighbor. So uh, invite somebody, and then of course the offering envelope and uh, and a little piece of paper for you to take notes on. Somebody suggested we do that. So anyway. Um, I want to give you a slide uh, to tell you the things that we're doing in response to everything that's going on, because it's a lot of information, and uh, as you're reading that, I just want to point out uh, that I had wristbands this last week ready to give to you guys, because this is what we did in Vegas, and because we didn't do service uh, here, we did it at the memorial, we gave over a thousand bracelets out or wristbands out this week to all the people visiting the memorial. Uh, which is great. But the bad news is I ordered more and the wristband company fumbled the ball on me and uh, they did not get them to me in time. So I don't have uh, a lot of them. I have some of them. I even have two on me right now. So I would be glad to share one with you. Uh, So so technically I do have them. All right. I just don't have a thousand of them next week. I'm sure they'll they'll be here. Uh, we're also doing thank you cards. We have these giant, humongous thank you cards outside. And we have Sharpies. Uh, would you just take a moment before you leave today and just thank our first responders? Um, we we want to thank our firefighters. I know we've had hundreds of structures burned down, but we've had thousands of structures saved uh, because of these guys. And, and I just commend these guys. They worked hard hours. Um, Ace took a picture uh, from some firefighters in Camarillo, and they were just crashed out on this grass on, at the front of a property, and uh, these guys are just working so hard. So there's going to be thank you cards out there at the table. Uh, please uh, sign it, even if it's just simply thank you. Just Put your name on there, and we're going to deliver these things tomorrow. Now, the sheriff's office that we want to deliver to is the station where Sergeant Ron Helis worked at. And uh, you can imagine the heaviness of that department. And, and not only have they been exhaustively working just everything that goes on with this, uh, but that was their brother. And so they're grieving the loss of their brother. So we want to love them. I have a crazy idea, and I know we're a new church, and I know that our, our resources are super limited, but I just have this crazy idea, and I think maybe we could be generous enough to do this. But I would really like to bless everybody in that department with a $50 out-to-eat gift card. Now there's 120 people that work in this department, uh, Brent was telling me. Brent works for the sheriff's department, and he says there's 120 people at that station. Um, I would love to bless each one of those officers with a $50 out-to-eat card, just say, "Hey, we love you," and, and maybe this can help you decompress a little bit from what you're going through. So that, that really translates to about 50 bucks a person here. And, and I just thought, I go, I think if everybody gave, I think we could do this. What a statement that would be for the Sheriff's Department that, that we as a community are behind them. And not just a thank you card, but we just wanna bless these guys just in all of the things that they've been going through this week. So um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys during the offering time at the end. If you wanna give something uh, to help us bless that, uh, You know, we don't have the resources to do that, it's just an idea. But maybe one of you or a bunch of you, you you just give the offering uh, and say, we want this to go uh, to buying gift cards. We will go out tomorrow. Jay and I are going to run over there and deliver this. And so I would love to be able to to do that uh, tomorrow with these officers. Uh, The toiletries and Target gift cards. These are for people displaced by the fires. Uh, The Bakersfield campus, VBF Bakersfield, uh, they're called Valley Bible. Um, They have... uh, gotten behind us and said whatever we can do to help out and they have access to a warehouse uh, that they have uh, been given by a big box store that you have to have a membership for to shop there they have given us brand new merchandise brand new toiletry I'm not allowed to say the name all right Um, but big box store you have to have a membership with all right Um. (laughs) so so we have a car, literally my car is packed and stuffed full of toiletries. So if you know somebody directly impacted, you just want to get a little care package and you want to bring it, hey, feel free. We're, we're gonna, we, we have to get rid of this stuff, all right? So uh, after the service, um, the, we have a, a, a car, it's my Yukon in the parking lot. So go find it and go over there. And also, if you know somebody personally displaced by the fire, a Jade is gonna be working the firefighters thank you card, but he's also has a list. Um, so if you know somebody directly impacted by the fire that could use just a gift card, just to go buy some stuff that they need right now as they're working out the insurance stuff, and you know people have to replace their clothes, and 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 Target is a one stop shop, man. You can go and pretty much uh, buy anything you need. Uh, and then if you're a college a student, we have gift cards. We partner with the five hundred seven. Uh, coffee bar and eatery, uh, one of the favorite new spots in Thousand Oaks. And it's off of, uh, uh, what's the road again? Arbolas, arbolus Arboles. No, it's arbolus That's how we say it in Bakersfield. Arboles. I don't know. arbolus which means tree. All right. The street of trees. Um, so it's a great little eatery. And we just want to. If you're a current college student here in the valley, we just want to bless you. And just you've had a hard week, and so there's going to be a table, a a little circular table. My daughter and Mackenzie Miller are going to be there. And uh, so if uh, you you are here, we just want to bless you. Uh, And then we also have some prayer and counseling available after service today. And we're going to be doing some training after service today. Uh, If you want to stick around and, and just learn how to pray with people that are just going through a lot. Um, you can stick around and and join us. Um, and uh, you just may just need some extra prayer today. And I get that. I, I watched God heal some people as I prayed over them uh, in the Vegas situation. And uh, God showed up in a powerful way. So sometimes, don't be too prideful to say, I, I'm not gonna go up and get, get some prayer. Sometimes your breakthrough is a prayer away. But you've got to, take the initiative to come and get prayer. You gotta, you gotta say, hey, I, I want some prayer. And my good friend, Dr. Jim Gardner, came all the way from Oklahoma to be here today uh, to help us out. He's got 40 years of counseling experience, but he has had a phenomenal thing that the Lord has done with his ministry, uh, specifically for people that have suffered through horrific events, such as the one that we went through this week. Um, he came out for our Vegas Situation and helped just tremendously on all kinds of layers. And uh, my good friend Natalie Brown is here from our Vegas church and who's been trained in this and and was able to use a lot of this prayer uh, grief training uh, to know how to to talk to people. And so she's here to help us. And and she was a part of the Mandalay Bay staff and was able to see so many people that she works with uh, be set free from the fear and the trauma, and the grief, and it's just amazing, because see, what's going to happen is that darkness wants to linger now in our valley, and it's going to try to take people with not just grief, but it's going to try to take them with anxiety. And, and so we, we want to pray for you on that. So Dr. Gardner, Natalie, would you just stand so everybody can kind of see who you guys are and, and represent it here? So thank you so much for coming. Appreciate you guys. And so they're going to be available up at the front after uh, the service is over. So um, that's what's happening. I'm going to pray, and, and I have a word this morning that I want to give you that I believe is going to help begin the healing process uh, of what's happening, maybe even inside of you, even though you are not directly impacted uh, by the events this week. So let me just pray this. Father, I thank you so much. That God, in, in times of grief and sorrow and darkness, God, we can turn to you and you meet us in that space. You meet us in that space actually more powerfully than when everything is going just fine in our lives. So we just ask that you would meet us. God, ask that you would meet us in our pain, in our grief, in our trauma, in our anxiety, in all of the factors that are going on in our valley right now from the displacement of the fires to the victims of the shooting got all of it God we invite you to have your way with us this morning and speak directly into our soul and we thank you for being the God that does heal us in Jesus name amen I want to start off by giving you a verse And the verse is found in Psalms. Some of you saw this on a video that I did, but it says in Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now this is written by David who wrote most of the Psalms that we read about in our Bibles. And this one's special to me, not because it's comforting to read, but because I know it's true. And some of you that have experienced things in your life where you read the Bible and you're like, that is good, but I also know it's true because I've experienced it in my life. This is one of those Psalms that as I read it, I'm not just reading it and say, hey, that that was a pretty good Psalm, David. I'm like, David, you are speaking truth because David experienced something in the presence of God when he was going through his traumatic events. And if you know anything about the life of David, you will know that David had a lot of sorrow in his life. He had a lot of dark spaces that he had to deal with in his life. And somehow, he was always able to encourage himself in the Lord and to be able to grab hold of the presence of God when his soul was at the darkest. So he realized that sometimes... It takes a dark moment in our life to experience the power of the presence of God. And we kind of take the presence of God for granted, especially if you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus. You, you, we tend to take it for granted because the Holy Spirit is always with us. Jesus is tells us in the word that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so just like a friend that is always there, just like your spouse maybe that's always there, you you just kind of take for granted the things that are constants in your life. And it's not until you go through a traumatic event or a situation that was unexpected that you realize the value of the presence of God in your life. And it's just like he's there and God is always there, but it's like when you're going through a real heavy, difficult moment in your life, it's just like God just steps one step closer to you. He gets a little bit, he nudges himself in and he wraps his arm around you and he says, hey, come here. I'm here, but I want you to come closer. And, and he just pulls you in. He's close. He's close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. In other words, when everything is crushing us, God pulls us out of that crushing. To the extent that even though our circumstances may feel very weighty, there's this thing that God does is he pulls us out of that weightiness. And Paul says it in one of his letters to the Corinthian church. He says, you know, I'm crushed. He says, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. He's like, there's a pressing in on in my, my soul, but, you know, I'm not crushed. And, and I know it's, a, it's a, a stupid metaphor, but I'm a Star Wars fan. And there's that, that movie, that first movie where, where Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, they get stuck in that compactor, and, and, they, and they think they're just going to be crushed. And it just kind of stops before they get crushed. They just knew that they were going to die. And it just stops. And see, sometimes, kind of like life, it just kind of starts closing in. And we're like, man, with this, we're not going to make it through this. Have you ever had a moment in your life that the, the grief and the, and the pain and the darkness was so much that you just felt it was going to crush you? And God loves to get into that space and stop the walls. From pulling in on you anymore. So you're saved. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And, you know, as, as we bring this topic up, I, I have to tell you that it's moments like this as a believer that you deal with people that are not believers that you feel like God has put on trial. And, you know, the, with the fires and I, I realize a lot of us are are in disbelief of all the things that happen in our community. But there's a community in Northern California that is utterly destroyed. My aunt and uncle lost her house in Paradise, California. There, there are 1,200 people still missing that are unaccounted for in that fire. and And we're going to probably be hearing more and more about that. But there are these... People that want to put God on trial and, you know, it's, if God, you know, is there. Then why? Why didn't he stop this from happening? And I, I just want to tell you that God is a good God. And, and he is not the causation of these events that take place in our world. He's not the author of evil. And the Bible talks about that pretty clearly throughout the entire Bible, And there are things that happen in this world that are not God's will. But because he gave us free will, and a lot of times we choose to live life outside of his will, that there's always collateral damage that takes place. And you might say that we are still suffering collateral damage to a degree because of the very first moment in humanity where man said, I've got this, God. I'm going to kind of do it my way because I think you're kind of limiting the ability that I have to really live life to the fullest. So I don't want to listen to you fully. And so that created almost like a vacuum of problems. Even natural disasters are still that, that part of the collateral damage that we're feeling the effects of. It was in Florida just a few months ago that they had a whole community wiped out because of that hurricane. And we read about earthquakes or we hear about these things on the news, and we're just like, it's just like event after event. The events are getting so much that, like, stories that come out the day of the story get buried by the next story. Like, nationwide, Thousand Oaks is not even being talked about anymore because there's been seven different tragedies that have taken place after this tragedy. And all to say, There are things that are happening in this world that are not God's will, and the Bible speaks into that. In Ecclesiastes, I like this word, it says sometimes something useless happens on earth, and bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people. Jesus was being talked to about an event that happened during his lifetime on earth, and when they were talking to him, they were basically insinuating that the event took place because somehow God was either mad at the people or there was, there was other spiritual reasons why this tragedy t- took place in Luke chapter 13. And the people were asking, why, why did this event happen? Was it because these are bad people? And Jesus responded, you know, it rains on the good and the bad, basically, the just and the unjust. In other words, because you are in this world, you're going to encounter difficulties, and it's going to happen to good people, and they're going to happen to bad people. And just because something tragic happens to a person doesn't make them a bad person. And I think even though we haven't like been trained theologically, somehow we just kind of have that understanding, well... It, it was bad, and so either God caused it, and he's the author of evil, or they did something to make God mad at them, and so, therefore, they deserved it. And none of those things are true. None of those things can be vouched for in the Bible. Matter of fact, Jesus goes on to say a lot more about this, but I think Luke chapter 13 is, is probably the best text to talk about it. But, but here's the good news. Things aren't always gonna be like this. Revelation, God was given John, the author who wrote this, a glimpse of the future, and this is what he said in Revelation. He said, he will wipe away all tears from their eyes and there will be no more death and no more grief or crying or pain. The old things have disappeared. In other words, there is a time coming, and this is where we as a church get to talk about hope. Because if you don't believe that there is a life waiting for you after this life, then this world can feel pretty hopeless. But see, what we know, not just because the Bible tells us so, but we know intuitively, we know in our hearts, even though there's some people that want to object this and write books about it and how there's no God or whatever, the Bible says eternity has been written on our hearts. And so we have this understanding internally that there's more to this life than this life, that God has some other plans for us after we leave this place, and his plans are laid out for us. He's saying here, there's going to come a time where I'm going to get you out of this hellhole called the world and put you into a position where there's no more tears and there's no more death and there's no more sorrow. And he says, that is what I want you to look forward to. And everybody that has this relationship with God has this hope to look forward to. And, and, and as we think about this idea right now, as, as maybe God is on trial for, for in, in some people's minds, that God is looking to not be looked at as the author of evil. And I hate insurance companies. I'm sorry, Ace. I know Ace is here. He works for farmers. So, you know they tend to call things acts of God that are horrible disasters. I'm like, they're giving God a bad name. It's like Hurricane, Act of God, or whatever in their clauses. I don't think, I don't think it's an act of God when devastation happens. I, I think the act of God comes in, in other ways. I think the act of God is when people are running toward bullets that are being shot so they can save lives instead of running away from them. I think an act of God is when a first responder knows they're putting their life on the line and they're going in anyway because they know that they may be able to save lives. I think an act of God is when a marriage is in trouble and they start calling out to God and he begins to restore them. I think an act of God is when somebody is sick and they're broken internally in something in their body and a healing takes place. Those are acts of God. See, God is, a, is the ultimate first responder. God is a rescuer of people. And Jesus was sent to this earth as the ultimate first responder to rescue a humanity that was full of darkness so they could once and for all have the light of God that he always wanted us to live with from day one. And I love the idea of being able to talk about Jesus being our ultimate rescuer because as we think about what happened this past week, we were full of a town of rescuers. Even though there was tragedy, there were people rescuing people in the midst of tragedy, showing acts of God. We were the hands of Jesus out here just hugging people. That was an act of God. I mean, come on. We were told no by all of these schools and yes to this golf course. And now here we are meeting. And then we were shut down and then I couldn't get this video to work, and Alan calls me and says, hey, the chaplains are wanting us over here. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad those schools told me no, because that led us here. Can I give you a word this morning? Don't be discouraged when a no comes into your life, because that no is going to ultimately lead you to God's yes, and then when you're in God's yes, that is when power breaks loose in your life. That's when The presence of God breaks loose in your life. Don't be discouraged by a no because that no is getting you one step closer to God's yes. Can you receive that this morning? Us meeting at Los Robles Greens was God's yes. And he used us. We were an act of God to the people that were meeting here at the memorial. We didn't know when we met out here that the crosses would be delivered at 2 in the morning and family and friends and survivors would be coming out just to see these beautiful crosses. By the way, the same guy that made the crosses for the memorial at the Vegas shooting came out here and made the crosses for this memorial, drove all the way from Chicago and came out here. He was an act of God. All that to say, we have to understand that God is not the author of evil. But that he is the ultimate rescuer of people. So I want to give you really quickly this morning the three steps in healing the hurt. Because it's one thing to define who God is. It's another step to talk about. What do I do with this pain that I'm feeling, Pastor? What do I do with that? And and I'm going to, this is kind of sad, but I'm going to give you basically the same notes I gave my Vegas church a year ago. Sad, but this was one of the most powerful messages that we could have preached in that season where Vegas was at, and now it could be the most powerful message you could receive in the season that we're at as a whole entire community. And I have these notes, and if you want to take notes, you can put them up there. But here's the first step, is that's be honest. Be honest. And what do I mean by that? Be honest with how you're feeling. Don't, don't try to sweep it under the rug and say, you know, uh, you know it's, just, it's a bad thing, and, and, and I'm okay, I'll be okay. You know what? Sometimes you're not okay. And can I give you a word this morning? It's okay not to be okay. Because when you finally admit that you're not okay, you're actually giving God room to start ministering to your soul. You start allowing him the the capability to go in there. When you say you're okay, it's just like, hey, I've got this. It's actually healthy for you to say, I don't got this. I need God in me to move. And even though we, you know, especially guys, we want to be tough sometimes and get through something. You know, Jesus actually taught us not to just suck up our feelings. He actually taught us that there is therapy and there's goodness in, in letting things out like, like a sorrowful heart. Listen to what he says in Matthew. He says in Matthew chapter five, he says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. That word blessed really means happy or satisfied. That there, there is a healing that takes place when you actually allow yourself to mourn. Don't let anybody tell you, hey, just suck it up, and hey, you know, just stuff happens. No, there is a season to mourn, and it's okay. When, when the, the Vegas shooting happened, I woke up, and I knew what was going on before I went to bed. I just I didn't realize the gravity of it. But I woke up, and I heard what was going on, And I just sat on my face in my bedroom and I wept. I just wept. I wept for like three hours straight. I had to get on a video because, you know, I had to tell people what was going on and how they could help out because my phone was blowing up. But you know what? When I was weeping, God was processing something in me. There was something going on that that. Those tears that I was crying were actually healing me. It's weird, it's weird to think about that, that actually crying could be healthy for you. But I was, I was reading this. It says um, doctors have known for a long time that weeping is an important part of comforting or, or confronting your grief and healing it. Emotional tears get rid of stress hormones and other harmful toxin caused by stress. Those who won't let themselves cry during times of sadness and grief are contributing to the buildup of stress hormones and weakening their body's immune system, which can lead to stress-induced disorders. Isn't that wild? That God built us with tear ducts as a release valve for the heaviness of our souls when we're going through difficult situations. Touch your neighbor and say, it's okay to tear up and to cry. It's okay to cry. And some of you have been crying this week, and you're like, I, don't, I, I, I wasn't even personally affected. But yet you were, because you live in this community, and we're all going through it together. So it's, it's all right to cry, but it's a season and i believe the beginning of the process of healing is you coming to grips and you coming to terms with the heaviness of the moment and just letting it out here's the second note is that be open to receiving comfort from others be open to it see one of the things that happens when we get heavy-hearted is we isolate ourselves as human beings. It's just a natural tendency that happens is we want to we get away from people, we want to get away from things, and we just like want our alone time. But there's a reason in the beginning of the book that God gave us, it says it's not good for man to be alone. And I, and I know there's this feeling of I want to be by myself, but, but here's the thing. You need other people in your life. You need people to just be there for you. You need to know that they care for you. And it may not be that other person saying anything whatsoever, but let me give you a couple of scriptures that just kind of back up this idea. Um, Put up the first one there. It says, help carry each other's burdens in this way. You will follow Christ's teachings. Help carry each other's burdens. And we all have burdens. We all have stuff we're carrying. It may not be the tragedies of this last week. It might be a marriage burden. It might be a financial burden. It it might be, you know, a a work-related burden. But we all have a burden. And so the church community is powerful because we get to get to know one another and say, you know what, you don't have to carry that by yourself. I'm here for you. And I'll help you carry yours if you help me carry mine. And we'll get through it together. Once you look at your neighbor, touch your neighbor, and say, I need you in my life. Just tell them that right now. You might not even know them, but you need them in your life. Listen to this Hebrew Hebrews text. It says, look after each other so that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessing. That your best blessing is possibly And probably going to be found through the arms of another person, through the mouth of another person, that they have a word for you. They have words of comfort for you. They have words of love for you. And so that best blessing is waiting for you in a relationship that God wants to put in your life. So don't reject it. Be open to it. And I love Dr. Gardner's heart that he contacted me first in in uh, Vegas, when, when the Vegas thing happened, we didn't know him. But he said, I just want to help. So he came out on his own dime, just like he came out on his own dime today. And just, I, I just want to be there. I want to, I want to pray with people. He, he found the ability to get a hold of the Spirit of God to help people be set free of trauma, to help people be set free of the darkness in their soul that is paralyzing them from moving forward to what God has for their life. And now Natalie was so front row to this whole thing. She was so hit with how this whole thing happens that she became trained on it. So now not only do you have Dr. Gardner, you have Natalie who knows how to pray, but she's been through it. She walked through all of this stuff at the Mandalay Bay to be able to help other people out. So if you don't have somebody to turn to, you have me, you have these guys that came, you have some of our leaders, and at the end of service, we invite you to come up and and we want to be able to pray for you. Number three, and i got to move quickly here, and that is be better and not better. Be better and not better. What, What do I mean by that? Events like this last week can get us pretty angry, and we want to take that anger out on on people, we want to take that anger out on something, and and if you're not careful, you can allow bitterness to start building in your soul, and that bitterness always turns to anger if you let it go unchecked. So what God wants to do is he wants to use his spirit living in you to actually take a situation like this and and infuse heaven through you onto a world so that this world will be a better place. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, says that God has infected us with his spirit so that we could be a good infection on the rest of the world. That the remedy to the world, not to get political, is not passing laws. The remedy to this world is not going to be putting these regulations and doing this. The remedy of this world is the love of God. And you've been filled with the love of God for such a a time as this. So that you can be heaven's infusion to the atmosphere of our community, and this community will become better because you guys will give them more Jesus. You are the incarnation of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said himself in Matthew. He said, he said this, he says, uh, Matthew chapter 5, he says, you are the light of the world. He says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And, and as you think about this, He says, um, instead a lamp is placed on a sand where it gives light to everyone in the house, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You've been given the light to shine it out. The living incarnation of Christ. Uh, I I don't know if, if that word really means a whole lot to you, but it's a powerful word, and if you think about it, you're the living representation of God. And that is how we take a situation like that, and we get better instead of becoming better. We get better because now you have a platform to speak into people's souls that may have never wanted to hear what you had to say to them, and they desperately need to hear it. They desperately want to hear it. You know, there was a, um, a moment uh, during the, the Vegas situation that my son received a text message from his friend that was at the concert, and she did not believe she was going to make it out of life, and she was ducking behind a wall, and she started feeling like she was going to go to heaven. Like, this is her moment. She was going to leave this earth. But then she was reminded of all the the people that she went to high school with that didn't know Christ, that that didn't know this living hope that Peter writes about. And she began thinking about, wow, man, if I could only go back and, and tell more people about Jesus. So what she did is she just started sending a text message to every single friend she had on her phone. She's 16 years old, and she's telling everybody about the love of God. And, and I, I, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm thinking to myself, guys, a 16-year-old figured it out, and I know she was put in, in, a, in a position where it was very real to her, but we're living in a situation that's very real to us. And you have the antidote to the darkness that is trying to take over our world. You, you have the remedy to the sickness that is being manifested almost monthly now through these violent acts. You have it. God's placed it in you so that not only could you be a light and have the light when you go through this darkness, you have the hope, but so that you can infuse that hope on other people. So I want to pray and I want to just respond by some worship. And I just want you to reflect on that that lightness that God has given you so that you could shine out. Because there's neighbors that need you to shine out. There's co-workers that need you to shine out man there's family members this week it's thanksgiving week i know it's a heavy message for thanksgiving but some of you're going to be around relatives and you know that relative needs jesus you know it you're like yeah they do man it's taken me three months to be prepared for this dinner this thursday knowing that i want to be around them well you know what maybe god will touch you today so that you can touch them this week Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.